selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. All right, so Matt, what starts with a W and ends with a T? What? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm good. I'm good. good. If um, if y'all hear some funny noises, I got some birds nesting in the <laughs> graveyard over here. Yeah, so. we're, we're <laughs> animal mean, lovers. Know, what am I going to do? Yeah. So uh, we just have random animals, and I've got the dogs in my graveyard south. Matt's got random birds in his graveyard yeah. east, so... Um, real quick, want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find different shows to listen to. You can find all of our episodes and stuff on there. And you can also find some tricks and tips on how to start your own podcast. Uh, we also want to thank tonight's sponsor, Magic Spoon. We'll talk a little bit more about them here in a little bit. Um, now, if you can, we always talk about this at the end of the show, but I wanted to bring it up here at the beginning. If you can, please go give us a rating on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, thank you to everyone who already has. If you haven't, just go over there and do that for us. It, it uh, It's a quick, simple thing for you guys to do, but it means so much to Matt and I for you to do that. Put in that right. five-star review. Say a little something. Doesn't matter what you say. But it really helps the algorithm so that people will find us more readily. Um, It brings us up the charts in iTunes on Apple Podcast. 
so that when people are searching for paranormal or, you know, two dummies talking, they end up seeing us uh, along with some of the other shows. So please go do that. Five star rating and say a little something. Also want to say go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales. Um, you can sign up for different levels of patronage and get different bonus material and and shows and stuff like that when you do um if i can say so myself we've recently released some pretty awesome bonus episodes that we think you're gonna want to go check out um so if you haven't already go sign up and become a patron um you can do that very easily and we try to give you at least one pretty long bonus episode every week sometimes we give you a a quickie and a, and a medium sized one, but we, we try to get one at least one up every week. And then for our $10 patrons, they get the video version of us recording the episode. So right. if you want to see Matt and I do this, how many times we pick our nose or whatever, you can do that by becoming a $10 patron. Yeah. And, um, just remember, our Patreon shows are a little bit different from our regular episodes. We don't always talk about the paranormal. Sometimes right. we talk about just funny stuff that we we found on the internet. Sometimes we just we, we've got a personal story that we're going to share, um, or, or we find just some small, interesting something that we think we can share, but it it may not have enough information to make a, an entire episode about i mean we we've done true crime and you know we've done ghost hunting equipment we, we've done all kinds of stuff um so I, th- I think you'll really enjoy it we we try to make sure that you get your money's worth there mm-hmm. so yeah go over and do that patreon.com slash graveyard tales now that's all the housekeeping i got matt so why don't you tell us what what are we talking about tonight? A little bit different tonight. A little bit different show tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about something that that Adam and I have have always had a bit of an interest in. And, and Adam has actually, you know, he, he's done some of this trying to figure out. I, I've, I, I've got, a, I've got a, a starter kit that I haven't really gotten into. Hey. But, but tonight, we're, we're going to be discussing the tarot right and we've got a very special guest for you tonight um she's uh she she is a tarot reader she is a graveyard member Mm -hmm. and she has so graciously decided to join us tonight to teach adam and i more about the tarot and and her experiences and that's Natasha, right? And some of you may some of you may know Natasha from from the group. She's uh, we, we met Natasha through our our buddies Jerry and Tracy with the Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast, mm-hmm. and she she does readings in that group. So if you're not a member of their of the Hillbilly Horror Stories group, go go get in there. Absolutely, she does you know weekly readings. I think uh, in the group monthly. Monthly, maybe. Okay. She'll, she'll correct that when she comes on. Yes. Um, but we really think tonight's show is going to be a treat for you guys. Absolutely. 
Uh, we've been looking forward to doing this for a while because um, Matt and I have had tarot on our list of topics, and we we thought, you know, we're kind of dummies when it comes to this topic. We don't know a lot about it. Very right. interested in it, but don't know a lot about it. So we wanted to get somebody on that knew all the intricacies of tarot um, as much as you can learn because um, – from what I understand, it's always evolving and, and you're always learning new things like a lot of other subjects. But we're fortunate enough to know Natasha and, you know, to have a friendship with her. And we thought, why not get her on? This will be great. Yeah. So, Adam, before we, we bring Natasha on, let's talk a little bit about the history of tarot and give the listeners some background if, if they're not familiar with it. And that way, when we get into the discussion, everybody's kind of on the same page. All right. Sounds good. Um, now, as we always say, go check out our sources down at the bottom of our show notes. You can find the links to where we got this information, and you can find a little bit more if you would like to do that. Um, not quite as many sources tonight because our biggest source will be Natasha, but um, go check out those that we got the history from here. Now, I found a brief history of the tarot cards from the Bicycle Cards Company, believe it or not. Um, so I wanted to read what they have to say here. And it says, though today we associate them with the occult, tarot cards were originally just another card game, one similar to modern day bridge, in fact. Now, like other decks, the first recorded tarot cards showed up in Europe in the 15th century with the most popular set selling in Italy to wealthy families. The printing press had yet to arrive, and since hand-painted cards were all that existed, it cost a considerable amount of cash to commission what was essentially dozens of little tiny paintings. So like any deck, these early tarot cards, Tarocci cards in Italian, had suits, trump cards, and even pips. Since they hadn't yet become an excuse to dip into the occult, the only reason anyone thought to disapprove was when the cards led to excessive gambling. Which, a lot of cards do that. <laughs> a lot of decks of cards will lead to excessive gambling. Well, yeah, and you can, can you imagine? You're sitting there playing, playing like, I don't know, gin rummy. <laughs> Some tarot <laughs> cards, you know, you get, check it out, gin. And then your, your buddy turns into a frog or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, I wonder why this keeps happening with these cards. Now, this goes on to say that while some people dabbled, the widespread use of tarot cards for divination only took off in the late 1700s when Frenchman Jean-Baptiste Alliette published the first definitive guide to tarot card reading. Now, pseudonymed Attilia, uh, he wrote a guide to using the cards and released his own deck alongside it. He gave meaning to each of the cards, incorporating beliefs and uh, beliefs about astronomy and the four elements. Now, he claimed to have borrowed heavily from the Book of Thoth, an Egyptian text supposedly written by Thoth, the Egyptian god of wisdom. So I think we've mentioned that book in other episodes. I'm not 100% sure, but I think we've mentioned the Book of Thoth before. Yeah, maybe when we were talking about Aleister Crowley because of his connection with you know Egypt and right. Egyptology and those kind of things. Right. Now, Attilia 
was also the first to assign a specific order and spread to the cards, both frontwards and backwards, and it's a system still used today. Now, his his works took off, and he published a revised edition of his guide in 1791, becoming the first person to be a professional tarot reader. Now, in 1909, that was the, the next time tarot cards received a major update. The Rider Weight Deck, courtesy of publisher William Ryder and tarot reader A.E. Waite, um, which is still in use today, and I actually own a Rider Weight tarot deck. Um, probably most people do if if they're into it. the The pictures on the Rider Weight tarot deck are just so good. I mean the the detail in them and all that just it it's historical for the tarot cards. And they're the ones that you traditionally see mm-hmm. if somebody's going to reference a picture of a tarot deck, correct? Right, right, yep. That's the ones that if you just generally search tarot, most of the major arcana and minor arcana come from the Rider weight deck, and, and people would recognize those cards more so than any others. Um. And like this says, you've probably seen those illustrations because it it is everywhere. Like Matt was saying, it it's the general. Here's a tarot card deck. You're gonna know the Rider weight uh, illustrations. Now this says, like Attila, um, the Rider weight deck included a printed guide on how to read the deck and the meanings of each card. In this deck, the intricacy of the scenes told a story when cards were placed together. The latest tarot card revival in the 1970s is a result of a reprint and revision of the Rider Waite deck along with a new guidebook by Stephen Kaplan. So it's been revived a few times through the years, but again, the Rider Waite is still the, the one that you see most of the time. Obviously, you can get a bunch of boutique versions of... Uh, the deck i think you if you just go look for tarot cards you can find tarot cards in any format you want they're all going to have the same layout of major arcana and minor arcana but it's going to be whatever drawings or paintings or illustrations that you want on there now let's get a little more into it here Um, it was once believed that the tarot's origin could be traced back to ancient Egypt, like we said, um, that the cards were perhaps a representation of the lost Egyptian Book of the Dead. Since the actual discovery and translation of this text, that theory has been largely discounted, though. Um, But the lure and romance of the hypothesis remains, and many occultists still cling to it. So it used to be, oh, the Book of the Dead, this is where they came from, but we've discovered the book of the dead for the most part and it doesn't mention any of the stuff that's on the tarot cards so they kind of had to say no that's really not where it came from now in le monde primitif an encyclopedic work on anthropological linguistics antoine court de gablin no i didn't pronounce his last name right but i tried <laughs> Um, He was a former Protestant pastor. Um, He was the first to suggest an alternative source, the Book of Thoth, 
again. Now, another Egyptian text, which he claimed was the only writing to survive the burning of their libraries and contained the purest and most sacred doctrines of the Egyptian empire. Now, these doctrines, he theorized, had been spread throughout Europe, albeit in a watered-down form, by what he said were gypsies who he conjectured to be descendants of the Egyptians. Now, this, again, is a theory which has since been disproved. Um, But in this book of bizarre figures on 78 leaves, he found what he believed to be an arcane repository of timeless esoteric wisdom. He also claimed to have discovered clues to the true origin of the tarot deck, composed, this says falsely, um, as it uh, as it was of the word tar, or way or path, and the word ro, king or royal. He surmised that it must dictate the royal path of human life that one must follow. Now, the, like it said, his belief in where the name tarot came from is, is false that that's not they don't think that's where that term came from but that's what he he said oh this must be it um the etymology of that word that's the that's what i was looking for um his version of the etymology of that word is not right um but he says the wise men of egypt he believed made use of these sacred pictures to predict the future and to interpret dreams Now, he also found clues in contemporary tarot cards, remnants of what he believed to be Egyptian symbols. To his mind, the star card represented the dog star Sirius, which rises with the inundation of the Nile at the beginning of the new year. And the lady below, he perceived as Isis, queen of heaven, spreading water from her vases. This says it was, after all, the tears of Isis, which flooded the Nile each year. Well, the devil card he identified as Set, the god of darkness and chaos. Now, the Gablin's conclusions, however, have been disputed by many historians. The truth is that no one really knows where the tarot deck came from. Its true origin is shrouded in mystery. Even the etymology of the word is unknown, like I said a second ago. But while de Gablin suggested an Egyptian origin of the word, other historians believe it to be a um, corruption of the word Torah, the Hebrew book of law, and still others interpret it as an anagram of the Latin word rhoda, which means wheel. But all such theories are guesswork. So we don't know where the name tarot came from. Okay, so now you've got a little bit of background on on tarot and, and how it is uh came about um the different decks and the artwork and everything we're gonna get into how it actually works for divination and we're gonna bring on our guest and she is a professional tarot reader she has done um she has done readings online she joins us tonight from Australia where Graveyard Tales is huge in Australia. I don't I don't know if y'all know this. Yeah, but, we didn't. you know. It's like, you know, it's it's like the old thing, you know, I was like I was in a band. We were we were huge in Europe. You know. Yeah, right. Never really made it in the US. We were huge <laughs> Graveyard Tales, huge in Australia. <laughs> right. We actually have a um a stadium named after us. Um, a football stadium named after Graveyard Tales. It's the Graveyard Tales Stadium there. That's right. That's right. You know, but 
All that's a lie if y'all couldn't <laughs> Every that bit out. of it. Every <laughs> bit of it. But w- without further ado, we want to we wanna, uh, bring on our guest, tarot reader Natasha. All right, everybody. So we told you we have an interview with Natasha. So Natasha, how are you doing? Inter- introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, my name's Natasha, and I'm the tarot reader from Old Sea Hag. Um, so yeah, I do a little bit of everything. I read tarot, do astrology, I read seashells, um, a teeny bit of mediumship if that comes through. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, we kind of did a an intro talking about the history of the tarot cards themselves. Um where you know the first deck kind of came into play how it kind of got started but we didn't get into much of how readings are done um so if you could maybe walk us through you know a a brief uh, description of how you would go about doing a reading and and if somebody was to go to a tarot reader what they could expect generally i know it's different for every reader but kind of you know, what? what is the, the general thing that they can count on happening when they go get tarot read? Awesome. So I guess you start at the beginning. Um, tarot readings are good for general guidance. You know, it's usually a safe space to sort of talk about issues that you may not be able to talk about um, with your friends and family. Um, and I think that it's really good for certain issues that I suppose – where, you know, you don't really want to go to see a therapist or whatever. It's just for those like little niggling issues in life. Um, Look, I think everyone should see a therapist regardless because we all have, you know, things that we want to discuss and work through. But if it's just little stuff like, hey, do I change my job or, you know, what should I wear this week kind of thing. Like tarot is great for just those little things in life. Um, I find a lot of my readings are centered around work. So should I change my job? Should I change careers? Um, Should I stay? Should I apply for this role? Um, And it's just really about, oh, and there's a lot of stuff about love life as well. So, you know, um, I like to call them situationships, you know, when you're kind of like, dating a person but you're not officially in a relationship um and it's just about exploring the options there and you know do I want to be with this person do I not want to be with them how do they really feel about me it's just a really good way of working through things with another person to gain clarity and confirmation um everyone has intuition everybody's got gut instinct and it's always there and a lot of the time it's good to sort of bounce things off another person and be like, Hey, what I'm feeling and what my gut is saying is what the other person's gut instinct is saying too. Um, And this is where it gets nice and spiritual. So basically like, I believe that there's a collective consciousness. I believe that there's, you know, a source and I think that we're all connected to it spiritually. And that's how, you know, I know when something's wrong or when, you know, I can sort of feel what the other person's feeling. Like, you know how like moms, they just know when their kid's in trouble or like if they're stressed out or whatever, I don't know how they know, but like moms just know. Or um, if your partner's had a bad day at work or something's gone down, 
and you walk into the room and you just know nothing needs to be said. You know, that's that connection, that, you know, collectiveness of humanity. So that's how I believe it all comes together. I agree with you on the uh, the collective consciousness thing. I've, I think Matt and I have talked about that before, too, that um, there is, I, I, I guess, collective consciousness is the best way to put it. But, you know, kind of like a world consciousness that um, I, I've kind of thought that, you know, like the spirits, the your ancestors, whatever, they live within this consciousness in the world and mediums and and everybody that has that gift can tap into that. And even if you don't have that gift, like you were saying, moms, they know when you've done something that they need to beat your butt for, it's because they're getting like a little siphon from that collective consciousness. And there's the thought that your brain doesn't create consciousness. It filters consciousness. So we're all conscious because of the, the universe, but we just filter our consciousness through. And I think that's kind of basically what you were saying, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think some psychic's going to be upset, (laughs) but you know, if you want the real deal, I think everyone's a bit psychic because as I said, everyone's got gut instinct. Everyone's got intuition. Everyone is connected to each other spiritually that way. So I believe anyone can do a reading um, whether for themselves or anybody else. It's just, I guess getting used to learning how to connect with that intuition of yours and not letting your mind override your gut instinct. Um, and I reckon that's half the battle. So yeah. Anyway, that's how it sort of kind of works in a nutshell. Um, basically the way tarot works is as you all explained, a deck of cards. Um, there's two parts to the deck. There's the major arcana, which is 22 cards. They're sort of like the, I guess, the major aspects of tarot, and they're the ones that have the major life lessons of tarot. So they're pretty much, you know, the cards like the fool, we have the empress, you know, um, the magician. I'll grab him. Magician and a few others. Um, So there's 22 of them. Um, wow. So I'll just talk a little bit about the major arcana because there's a fair bit of stuff with them. Um, So the minor arcana is basically the same as a normal playing deck. You know, you've got your hearts, which is equivalent to cups because that's emotions. You know, diamonds are equivalent to pentacles because it's earth. So, and they're exactly the same. You've got ace, one, two, three, king, queen, whatever. Um, Very standard. But the major arcanas where I guess all the magic happens. So the major arcana, like I said, 22 of them. And there's lots of different meanings in the major arcana itself. So there's a thing called the fool's journey. Now, the fool's journey is pretty much, um, I guess, similar to the hero's journey as well, um, where it's about a soul entering the universe or the this life plane, if you want to say, and it's about them traveling through life. So, you know, the fall is when you're born and you've come through and, you know, you're new and you're excited and you don't really know what you've signed up for, but you're here to enjoy the ride kind of thing. And, um, you know, you're carefree, like think of babies and toddlers, you know, they've 
signed up, they're here, they're having fun, they're carefree, right. especially toddlers, most carefree <laughs> people I've ever met. And then, you know, as it progresses, it's about the person progressing on. So, you know, the empress is your mother. And that's one of the first relationships that you really have with a person is your mum. And that's that connection of nurturing and growing um, and loving. And then you have, you know, the emperor, which represents your father. And, you know, that's probably the second person you have a, like a relationship with in life is your father. And, you know, they sort of teach you the masculine aspects of life. I mean, this is sort of going into the traditional kind of like Tara's old school, you know, sure. but, um, you know, just learning things like how to work and how to express yourself and all those things. And then it's about connecting with your subconscious and your outer like consciousness. And, and then, you know, progresses on to things like the Hierophant, which is, you know, society and societal structures like school, what you can do, what you can't do, um, working and all of that. It moves on to lovers where you make that commitment with another person to like, you know, cherish them and grow with them. Um, then there's the progression of death where you change. And I think like a lot of people just sort of, you know, you're born, you go to school, you have your mates and then something happens and you have a life shift where you learn a lot of lessons and it's really a growing experience. And then there's, you know, the whole progression of growth through that, um, the hermit card, which is all about self-reflection and searching and finding out who you really are. We have the tower card, which is about getting rid of like long-term ingrained beliefs and spiritual blockages and learning to be a better person and ways that you can give back to society. You know, there's the chariot, which is about victory because we've all had times where we've won, right? And it just sort of progresses on towards the end cards, which are like judgment. Judgment is about your karma. It's about, hey, we've worked through life and learned all of our lessons what are we doing with these lessons? Are we giving back? Are we, you know, reaping what we sowed kind of thing? And then you kind of get on to the world, which is the final card in the major arcana. And it's about going back to source, being a complete person, having gone through your journey, having your wins and your losses, learning from your losses and sharing that experience with people and becoming spiritually whole. So that is the major arcana of the fool's journey. Um, we also have like a lot of astrology in the major arcana as well. Oh my God. So all the planets and all the astrology signs are represented in the major arcana. Um, wow. Where do I start? So again, the emperor is Aries. Aries is the start of the astrological calendar, Aries is all about, again, that really strong masculine energy, getting rid of obstacles, going for things, planning things, just being that real go-getter, kind of lead the way, take charge person. So that's, you know, Aries. We've got the magician, which is Mercury. So Mercury is great because Mercury is your mind and your mind is what you use to create things. It's your thinking, your speaking, your writing um, and your communication. And those are all things which are key to creating life and creating things around you. You've also got, as I mentioned, the lovers, Gemini. So the lovers represents Gemini because they are two people which 
are sort of coming together as one. Um, as you know, Gemini are the twins astrologically and it's about keeping. So it's really just about, you know, being you and having your values and your beliefs, but then also trying to merge them with another person's values and beliefs and being able to balance that out and keeping your standards and keeping their standards and nurturing them as well as yourself, which like if you've ever been in a serious relationship before can be really hard. And that's, I think a lot of the time, the challenge of a lot of relationships. So that's where the lovers comes in. Also people say Gemini's have a tendency to cheat. So, you know, lovers commitment. Um, I don't, I don't believe that, but you know, I've never heard that. What Gemini's tend to cheat. Yeah. Yeah. No, apparently they do. I don't know. My boyfriend's a Gemini and he's great. And every other Gemini <laughs> that I know has been great. So <laughs> I don't believe that, but I don't know where their Venus falls. I think it's all about where their Venus falls. And I don't know. Like, I think people make a lot of choices and blame it on their stars anyway. So just FYI. Um, what else do we have? We have the chariot, which is cancer. So a lot of people think cancers are really emotional, very nurturing, cry a lot, which um, sometimes they do. But cancers are also super strong, great at leadership, great for like really working hard, putting the head down and going for things and achieving success. And they achieve success in less of a corporate slashing heads, climbing the ladder kind of way, but more in a nurturing, caring, sensitive way. So again, that's the chariot, which is representing victory, which is cancer. So um, yeah, there's so much astrology in here as well, which I think a lot of people don't actually know that the major arcana has that. So that's really the major arcana in a super nutshell, a little one. <laughs> um, so Natasha, tell us a little bit about when people come to you for a reading, what are they looking for? I mean, typically, I mean, I know people are going to come and go, am I going to, am I going to be a millionaire or am I, you know, am I going to be a movie star or is my album going to sell? You know, they all want to know about this, but typically what are people looking for when they come for a reading? The most, I think the thing that people mostly care about is literally their partners and their children and their family. And they just want to know everyone's going to be okay. Um, and it's really sweet. Like it's so heartwarming. Um, majority of people just want to know, Hey, my kids going through a bit of a rough patch. Are they going to be okay? Um, you know, how can I best support them? Or, you know, my partner's stressed out at work. What can I do to, make things better. Is he going to be okay? That kind of stuff. It's really just a lot of that, which is great. Um, and I think it really shows that when it all like with humans, it just boils down to that, you know, people just really just care about each other at the end of the day. They're not fussed about money or getting rich or a lot of that stuff. It's just, you know, relationships are pretty much the main thing. I mean, yes, we do get, like, I do get the occasional, Am I going to lose my job? Should I quit now? Should I, you know, look for other work? I'm unhappy. But that's more of a security thing. Um, so, yeah, I think the majority, like, honestly, 98% of readings are 
just love and security around work, um, which is awesome. I think that's really heartwarming. Um, I do get the occasional, so I suppose in a general reading, and I think this is probably important for people to know, especially if you are going to go for any kind of like spiritual reading or it's tarot, astrology, mediumship or whatever. Um, it's important to know that most ethical practice practitioners will not um, read on things like death and births and um, health things. So you shouldn't go up to, well, you can if you want, but an ethical tarot practitioner won't be like, hey, I'm going to pull some cards out and we're going to cure your cancer because it does not work that way. Um, and there are people out there who will sell that and there might be people out there who can spiritually cure illnesses. I don't know. Um, I don't support that. I don't promote that. Um, I think doctors have their place in society. <laughs> you should really go see a doctor. Um, so, yeah, there's certain things that ethical tarot practitioners will not read on um because like i said it's sort of pushing the boundaries of what is acceptable and what isn't but generally look you can talk about anything you want most tarot spaces are quite safe and you know you can talk about those issues where um you may not feel comfortable to talk to about family and friends um an example is say you've been married for 30 years and like 30 years is a long time to spend with someone and, um, you know, say you've got a person who's younger hitting on you and you're kind of flirting with them, but you feel guilty, but you're also liking this new exciting thing, but also you're married. You know, these are the kind of things that you can talk to a tarot practitioner about because they're not going to judge you on what you're doing and they're not going to hate on you and they're just going to, connect with you in a spiritual way to help you figure out, Hey, what do I want to do? And what is really going on? Um, and with the example that I said, like a lot of people couldn't talk to their friends or family about that because it's, it, it's not straightforward and there's a lot involved and nothing is really black and white, but you know, our friends and family can be judgy. Sure. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. More judgy than anybody else, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Tara is a good place to go get guidance. Guidance. A lot of guidance. Um, you you mentioned something um, that I thought was important that we probably should touch on. Um, a lot of people think, I know I've, I've heard it before, and then you see the, the myth promulgated on tv shows and stuff like that if you're going to a tarot reader and they pull the death card now everybody says if they pull the death card i'm dying right now you know that that's certain death so can you kind of explain that a little bit and because i, I kind of want to uh we didn't really touch on this in the intro but i wanted wanted to with you and i'm glad you mentioned something about it because I know from my understanding about it, and I'm quite a layman when it comes to this stuff. I, I have an interest, but you know, I don't know a whole lot. Um, a tarot reader doesn't really foresee death. They don't, you know, they they might be able to, but they shouldn't be able to predict your death. Um, 
So, okay, a couple of things with that. Number one, tarot, oh, psychics are going to hate me. Tarot (laughs) is just a tool. They're just cards with pictures that have a lot of symbolism and meaning on them. Um, they're not going to tell you anything sometimes. And this is, I think a little bit where the spiritual part comes in again, it's really uncanny, the cards that fall out and how they are so in relation to what's going on. Um, so there is a bit of magic in them and behind them, but aside from that, they're all just cards. So that's number one. Um, and they're a tool to help you connect with whatever your spiritual, um, gift is, whether it's just plain intuition or mediumship or whatever. So that's one thing. The second thing is some, see, there are certain things that are kept, how do I say this? Like I say that only God knows the real future because as I said earlier, you have the power to create your own future. And I think only God knows um, who will or will not die. And there are certain things that are just not open to like information for everyone. I don't know if you're familiar with hoodoo, but even with the lower in hoodoo, they can't tell you who will or will not die. Um, They can, and they can't even confirm it because that's things that, you know, only the great spirit above knows. So um, whether you go to a tarot practitioner or medium or a hoodoo lady, whatever, a lot of the times they will not call death because we don't really know. And that's the mystery and the fun of life, right? Like every day could be your last day, live it to the max. Um, In saying that, however, if, and again, an ethical practitioner will never say, oh, I see that your grandfather's going to die next week or make like, have you leaving a reading feeling scared or worried or less than that's not what our job is. Our job is to help people and bring a bit of guidance and provide a safe space for people to express themselves and leave feeling positive. So that's that. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Also, with the death card, so when I started reading, I'd go through a whole spiel. I'd be like, you know, I don't 
like I explained the whole future thing and all of that. And I explained, you know, if you see the death card come up, that doesn't mean you're going to die. The death card is just changed. <laughs> so right. while we're here, this is the death card. This is my favorite card in the whole deck. I love it because <laughs> it's like this creepy looking skeleton dude on a white horse. But then there's that little dude giving him flowers, right? I love this. And I love skulls and stuff. And yeah, it's just my favorite card. Anyway, so the death card means change. Um, Yeah, death is a pretty big change. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's one way to put it. I, if I made my own tarot deck, I would call this the demolition card. So I come from a construction background and the way that I see it is, you know, you have a road or building and a lot of the time these existing, you know, structures get demolished to allow new structures to come through. So you'll have an old bit of curb that you'll, you know, knock out whatever, a bit of sewer pipe and they'll get removed. So that's the death of that, you know, building that road, mm-hmm. but you build another new one in place of it or in continuation of it. And that's a new life for that road. If that makes sense, yep. <laughs> that's how I see it. And that's how I explain the death card to people that this doesn't mean you or a loved one is going to pass away. It just means that there is a change of life coming through. A lot of people who get the death card are pregnant women. And pregnant women get that because it is such a change from not having children to, oh, my God, I'm a mother now and everything that entails. So that is the death card. It's nothing to be scared of. But I love it because people always freak out about it. (laughs) It's just my favorite. That's why I kind of wanted you to talk about it is because it it does seem to bring to mind – you know, a real negative connotation and it's been used for years in stories and movies and stuff as a bad omen. And there was um, either, this is going to sound like a weird connection, but it, it was either the DC sniper or the beltway sniper. I forgot which one when after he shot he left a tarot death card at the scene and it was taken as a bad omen because he was meaning it and the literal word on the card death. Right. So stuff yeah. like that has promulgated the the negativity of that card. And I, I knew just from my little bit of research into it that that wasn't wasn't necessarily the case. And I'm glad you said that. um people shouldn't be afraid of going to a tarot reader and getting bad news because a lot of people, they may want to go, but they're like, okay, I don't want to know that something bad is going to happen to me tomorrow. I don't want to know that, uh, you know, I'm going to fall down the stairs and break my ankle next week. And that may keep a lot of people from going and seeing a tarot reader or a psychic. But I, I, I want to add, I want to add to that, Adam. So, yeah, somebody might not want to go have a reading because they don't want bad news or they don't want to know something they think they're going to learn. But that's not really how it works, is it? I mean, they're coming focused with a question that they do want an answer to. Now, they may not like the answer they get, 
or, or at least the interpretation, but they're not necessarily going to learn something that they don't want to know. Is that, is that accurate? Um, yes and no. Um, a lot of the time people do come through with a question. Um, sometimes they don't. I'd probably say it's 50-50, to be honest. I think a lot of the time people just want guidance and confirmation that they're on the right track and that they're, you know, making the right choices and going the right way. And that's what majority of our tarot readings are, is just confirmation like, hey, you think you should quit your job? I'm kind of getting the same vibe as well. And they then have enough options and confirmation to go make the choices that they want to make and that's what a good tarot session should do is you know give you enough space to take the heaviness off whatever issue you're having explore different options be like hey you feel what i feel so i might be on track and then go make your choices afterwards um you shouldn't hear anything bad um although in saying that there are people who will you know tell you everything as they see it. But I feel like, again, a good practitioner, if you do see these things, um, should give you options and solutions to your issues rather than being like, hey, you're going to fall down the stairs. Tough luck. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they'd be like, "Um, you know, I'd probably install some handrails and not wear slippery shoes. Do you know what I mean? Be more along those lines. That's right. what I reckon. Well, you, you mentioned, and you mentioned, I don't mean to interrupt, but you, you mentioned earlier about free will. So you, you learn something and you make a change or, or you don't make a change based on what you would learn from your reading. So, you know, even if, you know, what I'm understanding is you tell someone, Hey, this is going on and it looks like it's going to either continue in this way and maybe even get worse if you don't do anything about it. Now, am I thinking on the right wavelength? You know, you, you present this to someone and they go, Oh, you know, well, if that's a, that's something that I don't want to happen, I can do something about it now. Yep. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. I know people who, um, have given people certain advice and it's worked out. Um, I'll use me as an example. I went and I don't do my own readings because I feel like I can't be like objective enough. Um, So I go see other tarot readers and I saw a lady who's actually a nurse. Um, That's her day job. She's also, you know, a tarot practitioner. And she told me, she's like, oh, using your aspirin inhaler too much. No, you need to go to the shops and get this. If you don't, you're just not going to get better. And I was like, all right. So I went to the doctor, got my prescription for this nasal spray she told me about, and it changed my life. I'm healthier for it. So, you know, yeah. So, and that's the thing. Like she gave me the option. I mean, I know she read on a medical thing. She shouldn't really be, but considering she's a nurse and I'm another tarot practitioner, I understand the boundaries and stuff. Um, So I'm not going to sue her and be like, this nasal spray you recommended didn't work in a tarot reading. Um, But yeah, it's about choice and it's about giving you, I guess, more clarity on the options that you have, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, that's your everyday tarot practitioner. I mean, 
Yeah, that's your bread and butter tarot. There are people out there who can do things like look into a crystal ball or talk to the spirits and find out if your husband is cheating on you and, you know, where he's going to be and what he's going to do. They can find lost pets and stuff. Um, but I suppose that's probably not the conversation for another day because that's <laughs> a whole different ball game. Right. Um, I was thinking um, since you you mentioned uh, ethical tarot reading and stuff. What is, what are some things that, um, like not everybody's going to be able to get in and get a tarot reading with you. So if they want to go see a tarot reader in their hometown or something like that, what are some things that maybe they should look for in a tarot reader and maybe things to watch out for, to know whether the person that they're dealing with is ethical or, you know, maybe maybe I should go see somebody else, go go look a little bit harder and find somebody else. So they should be a part of a international psychics association. A lot of the times these organizations have very strict rules and regulations on what a person can and cannot do, who they can and cannot read for. Um, and they also have... Um, very strict rules and regulations. Well, you have to like sign, you know, legal declarations like a stat deck to say that, you know, five different people have had a reading with this person to a certain level of accuracy. So not anybody and everybody can join psychic associations and groups like that. Right. Um, I would, it's really hard because a lot of the time it is such an unregulated industry but the things to look out for, are, like I said, number one, they won't talk on things like your health. Um, so if you have health issues, they're not going to be like, go grab this crystal. It's going to fix you. Um, don't get me wrong. Crystals are really helpful, but they're not a replacement for like orthodox medicine. Um, same with essential oils. Essential oils are great, but not a replacement. Um and again, they're not going to call things on death, all of that. They're not going to say things like, hey, I see you're going to get a job in two weeks because they know that if they say something like that, you might stop applying for jobs and be like, the psychic said, I'm going to get a job in two weeks. Why do I need to apply for? It's going to fall in my lap. Yeah. So it's just things like that, like making sure that a person's like emotional and mental health is looked after. And they're not going to leave you feeling upset. They're not going to say things to you like um, your heart is like a jar of dirty water. And if you pay me $1,000 a session, I can clear your heart out for five grand and then you'll find love. They will not say things like that. Um, they're not going to read on miscarriages. Um what else? Gosh, there's so many things that people <laughs> do and say that's just absolute BS. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. They're not going to leave you feeling upset or feel like you have to pay more money to spiritually fix something that's wrong with you. They're going to leave you feeling good. They're going to leave you feeling like um, a bit more mentally clear and more positive and anything Aside from that, it's just they're either trying to scam you or they're just not practicing in a way where they're looking after you, as I said, mentally and emotionally. Um, and, yeah, another thing is a good ethical practitioner will refer you on to a therapist 
or like a counseling service if needed. Because again, like I said in the start, we're just there for the little things. Like, do we change our job? What's my boyfriend up to? That kind of thing. We're not there to help you with the real deal, you know, depression, anxiety, and all these other things that people do suffer from. Um, And an ethical practitioner will refer you to a therapist um, or say that, hey, you need to talk to somebody who's more professional, like a medical professional for these things rather than us. But, you know, maybe that was the guidance they were looking for. Um, Just to say, hey, things aren't going so well. Um, what, What should I do? What should be the next step? That would be a legitimate question that you could answer, right? Um. Yes and no. I think if somebody came up to me and was like, I feel you know, really depressed and I can't get out of bed for days and days. And sometimes, you know, I'm really in a real hole. What can I do? Pull some cards out for me. I think I wouldn't do a reading. I wouldn't charge him any money. And I'd sort of be like, Hey, here's lifelines number, or, you know, maybe you should talk to a doctor about that. And I've done that before. And some people, and like, I've done it in a way that you have to always be respectful and understanding. You don't want to like, be like, oh, you're crazy, go see a doctor. <laughs> um, like I've just sort of been like, hey, this is sort of out of my league and I think, you know, maybe a doctor can help you. Um, and, yeah, I've done that in the past and some people have sort of been like, oh, I don't think I need to see anyone or whatever. And, again, that's their choice. But um, other people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe I should see someone. Yeah, so, and you're like, look, I've yeah. talked to you for five minutes. You need to go see somebody. Look, I, I can just tell. Go see somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you get people come through. Like I had somebody come through who was like, I see like my grandparents who've passed away. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because I know a lot of people who see their grandparents pass away. It's fine. But then he's like, my grandparents are telling me to kill myself. And I'm like, um, yeah, maybe you should talk to a medical professional about that, you know, it's okay to see your family who've moved on, but I don't think they should be, you know, telling you to kill yourself. Like you should be talking to somebody about this maybe and getting help for it. Yeah. So, that, and that sounds like from what Matt and I have researched, that sounds like either, like you said, there is something that they need to speak to a medical professional about, or it's something pretending to be their relative you know matt and i have looked into stuff and and you find these trickster trickster spirits that they come at you with you know oh i'm i'm your long lost great uncle jed who passed away and you know and then they try to steer you down a bad path but they're just pretending to be that person um you know whether you want to call it demonic or trickster spirit or whatever i've I know I've come across it and Matt has come across it in research. So I think that to me, unless your relative was just a complete butthole in real life, I don't (laughs) think they're going to do that to you in the afterlife. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) I'd be. Yeah, no, (laughs) everyone's nice in the afterlife as far as I've met them. But yeah, that's the thing. And that's the call that you have to make as a tarot practitioner is 
could it just be spirits or does this person maybe need to see a doctor? Do I refer both? You know, what do you do? It's just one of those things. So Natasha, take, take us through, um, what, what a reading would look like, not necessarily, you know, a specific thing, but just how would you begin? How, what, how would you, you deal the cards? Um, you know, what, what would what would the process be? Sure. So generally, um, I guess a standard reading, you would normally just sit down, relax. Um, every person does it differently. Like some people are like, you have to, you know, cut the cards, shuffle them one way, cut them into three, do whatever that their process is. I'm pretty laid back with it. I'm like, just shuffle them however you like, whatever's easy for you. And everybody's like, I'm that chocolate. I'm like, eh, we're not in Vegas. <laughs> so it's like every single person says that. It's great. And they all shuffle just fine too. But um, yeah, so anyway, you shuffle your cards. Um, and like I said, the process is different. A practitioner may choose some cards out for you um, or they may ask you to choose the cards. And it depends on um, – I guess what the situation is. So there's different, okay. So different readings have different card spreads. Um, you can pull out one card and that can be a spread as such. Um, like I pull a card out for myself and for everyone on Instagram, usually every day. And that's, you know, just the vibe of the day kind of thing. Um, you can do a three card spread, which is past, present, future issue, um, blockage and guidance, which is a really good problem solving card. Cause you can just sort of be like, uh, what is the issue really here? And it really helps you focus on, you know, what the problem is, what is the actual cause of the problem and how to fix the problem. Um, there's like, you know, the Celtic cross, which is a super famous card spread, which is past, present, future. And then you have like, you know, the long anticipated future, the basis of the problem. Um, you've got people that it's going to impact. There's a whole bunch of um, different ways the Celtic cross can be read. There's astrologer. So I also do like a sun spread, which is, you know, 12 months um, represented by the 12 cards. You can also do like a lunar spread, which is, you know, four weeks kind of thing. Um, what else? There's just different spreads for different situations. And basically you would flip the cards, look at the cards and just sort of go, um, for, well, if you just want to read the cards off their traditional meanings, you can just, you know, follow whatever the meaning of the card is and piece it together to create a story. Or you can just use your intuition and just pull the cards out and read it as a story. So if you want, I can just do like a real quick, past, present, future issue spread. So I'll just pull out three cards. Nothing fancy. And if I was to do like a true tarot reading, so I'll flip the cards. Okay. Here we go. Perfect. So this is the three of pentacles. This normally means a lot of hard work and study. Um, Oh, by the way, I'm using the traditional Rider-Waite deck. Um, I thought the Rider-Waite would be a good one to use 
just because that's the original. Um, most tarot card decks are based off of this one anyway. Sometimes they'll like add another card or change the imagery and stuff, but a lot of them are based off of this. Um, oh, and just a quick FYI, oracle cards are not the same as tarot cards. Oracle cards are airy, fairy, nice and pretty, and they have the little meaning written on the bottom. Um, and people tend to use them over tarot cards because tarot, as you guys spoke about earlier, can be a little bit darker. Um, but, I mean, I like using them because they're darker because, you know, life is in all butterflies and roses and sunshine, you know. Right. We have rainy days. So, yeah. Anyway, back to the spread. So we've got the three of pentacles, the guy there's working hard. And then the second card is the eight of wands and it's a person who's riding along on a horse with all these wands behind him. The traditional meaning of this card is your hard work is starting to pay off. You know, you've paid your dues, you've done the dirty part of it and it's starting to come through. And then you have the wheel of fortune, which represents luck, but it can also mean completion. It can mean like, you know, things coming together kind of thing. It's a wheel. So, if I was to create like a traditional tarot reading, I'd be like, hey, you've been working very hard. You've put in all the effort. You know, you've done your research. You've done all the study, the background info that's needed. And now you're coming towards the bit where like it's sort of the end of the road, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you've pushed through. You're going to get there. And then this one here, the last card, which is the Wheel of Fortune, is basically saying, hey, things are going to be okay. You've put everything in place. Let's just see how things go and leave it up to chance, but it's looking positive, that kind of thing. And that's a read. Um, I don't ever read that way in my um, readings. There's nothing wrong with doing it that way, by the way. As I said, a lot of the times the cards choose you, you don't choose the cards, but I choose to read intuitively. So I'll pull a card and be like, hey, this is the seven of cups and it's saying, you know, that you've got a lot of choices. But I could be like, actually, no, I feel like maybe you're being greedy and maybe you're not focusing on the right things and what is really important to you. So that's how I read. So that's pretty much a tarot reading. And some people, again, depends on the client. Some people give you nothing. They're just like total poker face. And then in the end, they're like, yes, that all makes sense. <laughs> or um, some people want to use that space to talk to you and ask questions. Um, some people don't even really want the reading at all. They just want a place to vent. Um, and I just sort of let the client do what they need to get what they want out of the session, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much a tarot reading. I think if you know – and that's the hard part is learning the meaning of all those cards. But once you've done that, pretty much anybody can read for anyone. Yeah, that that's what um, what you were saying a little bit ago. And, and you know, it, it's something else that Matt and I have talked about, that there is the belief that everybody has some bit of psychic ability or can tap into that. And, you know, maybe maybe it was many years ago, everybody had more of a connection to it. But as we've progressed technologically and 
our transportation and our life and everything has gotten so fast that we've lost the ability to tap into the collective consciousness or or whatever it is that you're tapping into to be able to do this that only a certain few seem to be able to do it easier but if you put your mind to it calm down kind of get the distractions away and practice it you can do that yourself um we've discussed that in a few episodes too and it it makes sense to me that there there's so many things that seem like it's oh this just accidentally happened or it it was a coincidence or whatever I don't I don't really believe in coincidences and I know Matt doesn't either there's a reason something happened you know it's not a coincidence that you decided to go do something before going to the airport and something happened that would have you know you'd have gotten in a wreck if you'd have been on time going when you normally would have but you said hey I'm going to stop and grab a bagel or something. It's not coincidence. There was a reason that you did it, and it may have been intuitively you knew something was going to happen, so I need to stop mm-hmm. over here and do this. And I think we chalk things up to uh, coincidence when we shouldn't, when it's something that the collective consciousness or, or the world or the universe is telling you, but we just don't pay attention to it like that. Yeah, I we we always think that Everyone taps into this pretty routinely. They just don't realize it because there's so many distractions. But, you know, for example, you know, I, 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 I think about somebody and, you know, I'm like, I hadn't thought about them in years. And then within the next few weeks, I run into them. You know, I, I just, what a coincidence running into you. I was just thinking about you the other day. Not a coincidence. You know, the universe puts you together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know, whether that person was thinking about you or whatever, the universe put you there, you know, and, and you had an interaction. So we, we always feel like that, but most people don't think of it that way because they're too busy with everything else in modern life that just keeps them from being able to just shut it all down and bring it in. And, you know, of course, as a, as a tarot reader, you, you do exactly that. You, you shut out all the noise, you know, and let the universe speak, you know, through the cards. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with everything you said there. So we, we, we touched on this before we started recording about some of the, maybe the stranger questions that you're asked or some of the the stranger characters that approach you for reading. So if you don't mind, just give us a couple of examples of some ones that were kind of like whoop, way out there. And you're kind of like, wait a minute, I can't do this. Or, or th- th- you're not going to get the results that you want from a reading. So yeah, somebody like asked, should they wear boxers or briefs today? And you're like, 
not what I do. So. The universe doesn't learn. care. <laughs> I would read on that. I would be like, righto, pull a card. What do we got here? If it's upside down, it's boxes. If it's the right way up, briefs. Yep. Oh, right way up, and, briefs. And Done. If it's, Five if it's dollars. Thank you, bye. Yeah. If it's backwards, none at all. um so majority of people are really good like i said majority of people just want to know that their friends and family are okay that their partners are good and that they've got secure work or should they change um i do get the occasional one i think the ones that really stand out are um the people who come yeah, with the notepad and the pen and they want to know when they're going to meet the love, like the love of their life. What's he going to look like? How tall is he going to be? What's he do for work? And no matter what you tell them, they're just not going to be happy with that answer because they sort of want you to tell, like, magically tell them something and I mean I could lie and be like oh look he's really tall and he lives on a yacht but he's missing one eye is that going to be okay he's rich um but not going to do that because that's so unethical um so I just sort of try and like in those situations I try and divert it and be like are you dating are you on any of the apps and a lot of the time the answer is like no I'm like, oh, how are you going to find this person you're looking for if you're not on a dating site um, or, you know, going out kind of thing. But a lot of the times, yeah, they're the worst ones to read for. As soon as someone walks in with a like, pen and a notepad, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> um, the other, this is really bad, but mother-in-laws are the worst to read for as well. I don't know. Some people's mother-in-laws are horror shows. Um <laughs> I have, I'm sorry, not all mother-in-laws are like that. Like my boyfriend's mom's amazing, but some of them are real bad. Like I had one lady who was really upset at me because I wouldn't tell her the gender of her grandchild. And um, she really wanted to know, but I was like, why, if your children are not telling you, they're probably don't want you to know for a reason and everyone has the right to their privacy you know it's their news they'll share the gender of the child with you when they want you can't be like blackmailing them you know and invading their privacy through spiritual means by finding out what gender your grandchild is like why are you like this? Talk to me. <laughs> and it turns out that the poor lady just felt a bit left out in the whole grandchild situation. So, and that's what a good tarot reading should be about. It should be about, you know, making you feel better about your situation, even if you don't necessarily get the answers you're after. But is that is that something that you could tell? Oh, yeah, if, definitely. If you, if you wanted to, you could have you could have told her. Is yeah, right? but I'm not gonna. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, I, I get it, I get it, but you know, it's something that you you could ascertain from the cards. Oh yeah, through intuition. The other day, oh, I felt so bad. The other day, I so saw my cousin's having a baby, and she's having a baby girl, and um, I and didn't now, know. And now she knows if she's listening to the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> she knew anyway. We're at a party, and I'm all like. Oh, hey, you're having a girl, aren't you? And she's like, yes, I am. And I only just found that out yesterday. I haven't told anyone. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> 
But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you have to just be careful. So I like announced to the world she's having a little baby girl even before she did because I just didn't think about it. I was like, you're having a girl, aren't you? I'll wait. <laughs> so yeah, um, definitely things people can tell. Um, I know I have some psychic friends who can literally be like, you're having a boy, you're having a girl. It's going to happen around this time, that time. But again, it's just all about ethics and what you call and what you don't call. But yeah, definitely stuff we can see and feel. Um, but I think a lot of people can feel that anyway. Like my sister, when she was having her son, I think she was like, I don't know, a month pregnant. I don't have kids. Right. So I don't know when you can find out the gender, but everyone just knew she was having a boy. Um, my dad, who is like, so not spiritual and into the woo woo, he went and bought little boy clothes. And I'm like, Oh, what if she has a girl? And he's like, Oh, I'm pretty sure she's having a boy. And then when the gender scans come out, yeah, everyone was right. She was having a little boy. So like I said, everyone just has intuition about stuff. We can tell. We know. Yep. Everyone yeah. knows though. When 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 my uh second daughter was born, her older sister, we were we were gonna find out, and her older sister uh was talking to me and she was four and and I said, So what do you think? Are are we gonna have are you gonna have a little sister? Or are you gonna have a little brother? She goes, It's a girl. I said, how do you know? She said, God told me. And that was Aww. it. And that was it. And she was right. So. Yeah. Like you said, there's no such things as coincidences. Yep. I think right. we know. We all know. <laughs> and we've talked before, kids, you know, up to a certain point, they they seem to have more of that ability to see ghosts, to get intuitions like that because they they haven't been i guess corrupted is not the right word but just corrupted by inundated with with life and every yeah yeah and they haven't been told no that's not right you know because a lot of people will say i no, that's you're just guessing that that's you know woo woo and and we don't we don't deal with that and da 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 um where i think if you nurtured that in younger kids you might be able to get more development out of that but because they are so innocent like you were talking in the fool's journey because they are so innocent they don't know that there's anything weird about seeing you know grandma who passed 10 years ago or anything they just see her and hey there she is and you know she told me this and I'm going to tell dad this and it's going to freak dad out and he's going to say, we don't talk about that, you know, and I don't know. I I think there's a lot that if kids were nurtured in that sense, that maybe we would have more people that were more spiritually in tune nowadays rather than out of tune to the, the spiritual. Yeah. I've got, I've got one more question. And, 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 and you, you can answer this however you want and you may not want to answer it at all. But my question is, have you ever seen something in the cards that you thought, I just, I, besides like a gender of a child, something, something negative, something that they probably wouldn't want to know that you thought, I cannot tell them this. I, I, for whatever, and, and you, and maybe you wanted to, but you thought this is, I don't need to share this for them because it may, it, it, it may really impact them poorly. You know, have you ever said, I, I'm seeing this. I, I can't tell them this straight out. 
all the time. Um, and that's, yeah, see, that's the thing with tarot. There's two parts to it. There's the cards, there's that spiritual aspect, and then there's the actual reader part where how you deliver and how you express what you've seen. And, yeah, I see bad stuff all the time. The worst is when I'm doing a reading for someone and it turns out that the person that I'm doing a reading for is an a-hole and that everything they've done is their fault and they've bought it all on themselves. How do you say that to someone? Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't, so, I didn't even consider that, but, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and so a lot of the time, as I said, it all comes back to your ethics. I know it's really boring, but it's just, you know, how do you say to them, like, hey, maybe, you know, you should say sorry first or whatever. How do you um, pretty much sort of sugarcoat everything? And that's what I do. I just sort of go, hey, you know, sometimes if we be the bigger person and we extend our energy and show love and say sorry first, people reflect that back and that might be, you know, a better way of mending the relationship. And if you do that and they don't reciprocate, well, at least, you know, you've done the right thing and you don't have to worry or have any regrets rather than being like, well, you probably shouldn't have stolen her boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so... That's, yeah, I see it all the time and sometimes I will call on it, um, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll be like, look, there's going to be, you know, a bit of period where you're going to be a little bit broke, but don't worry, it doesn't last for long. You're going to get through it and, hey, look, I can see you're awesome at budgeting. You're going to be fine. So that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's life. Life isn't always smooth sailing. Um but, you know, if we sugarcoat it and we tell people what they need to know and let them know that they're going to be okay, I think that's what most people want. And, you know, usually things are okay. Mm. Right. So I guess to um, to wrap this up, uh, thank you, by the way, for coming and doing this. But um, to kind of end this, can you tell people how they can find you, like social media and all that, and kind of um, – where, when, where you do readings, if anybody around you wanted to, um, come, you know, get a reading from you at some point, like we said in the intro, Graveyard Tales is huge in Australia. We've got, um, you know, stadiums named after us and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so if, if they're listening in Australia and they want to get a reading from you, tell them how they can find you and, and where you do them and when. Okay, so I have, um, I'm, you can, if you want a reading for me, with me in person, I'm only available at Bow Desert. There's this really awesome little shop that's run by my friend called Lilith's Emporium. And she has everything from incense to herbal tea to like all sorts of witchcraft and hoodoo supplies, books, cards, skulls wands, stuff, anything you can think of, it's all there. So I'm there every other Saturday. Um, so she's in Bow Desert, which is a little country town just outside of Brisbane. Um, and that's pretty much the only place I'm offering in-person readings. But I can read online for anybody anywhere in the world, um, just as long as we can organize like a time with the time differences and all. Um, it all works pretty much the same in person, probably a bit better because you're a lot more comfortable. You're in your own, you know, 
home and you're comfy on the couch kind of thing rather than in a shop and distracted and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I do a lot of online readings. Um, I read for people all over the world anytime. You can find me on Instagram. I'm the old sea hag um, because a lot of my stuff is ocean related and ocean themed. Um, I'm a real ocean person anyway. You all know me like in person, like personally, (laughs) like never met me in person, but you know what I mean. (laughs) You all know me. I like the sea. So, um, yeah, if you look up the old sea hag anywhere, that'd be me. Cool. And I'll, I'll put that, um, that in our show notes. So if anybody wants to scroll down, they can, uh, find your Instagram handle and stuff like that there. Um, but thank you very much for doing that. It's, um, it's given us, you know, more depth on tarot than Matt and I could have ever found if we just did the, the book and internet research on it. Um, there's, there's something that you understand about it because you do it that we could never understand. So I, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us about it and explaining it to us. No, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and I'm such a fan of the show. So this is like <laughs> a big deal for me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And we really, we really do appreciate it. And, and we're glad we could work out a time that worked for both of us. So one of us wasn't having to be up in the middle of the night to do this. So yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) All right. Thanks Natasha for spending that time with us that, I mean, really that was super informative. I know, you know, a lot more about tarot than, than I did going in, but, honestly it didn't go necessarily the way i thought it was going to go it went better <laughs> right right you know, so you know we, we we take off and uh and well she would just she just knows how to how to take off and talk about a topic and you can you can really tell how passionate she is about it um right that's what i was gonna say guys, that she's very very passionate and she knows what she's talking about and she does it professionally so that that's why she's able to just kind of kind of go and i'm i'm glad we got her on to discuss that yeah absolutely and uh i mean that that's that's fantastic and i hope you guys enjoyed it too but this is always the part of the show and this one is no exception where we ask you what do you think you know is is tarot legit is it you know a a parlor game that has just lasted you know centuries you know, just people, you know, playing around and, and, and having fun and telling fortunes, or is there something legitimate to it? Um, I know that, uh, I've seen enough evidence that it makes me think there's something to it. So, yeah. Um, you know, with, with Adams tinkering around and, and with what Natasha has said and what I've seen from other individuals that are professional readers i i just i gotta think there's something behind it it it's it's almost eerie yeah um how how accurate some of these things be now of course i realize they're not very specific but it, it is it's enough to make you kind of stop and go oh wow you know right <laughs> so and like so, i like i said when the um when we shut the cameras off there and we were just talking off mic um my my feeling about it is that 
it's not the cards that do it. It's the person using the cards and Mm -hmm. they just kind of help bring whatever message to the forefront in a way that we can understand. And, you know, you and I have said this before and, and I said it when the mics went off too, that people have asked the question, well, why are you okay um, with being around tarot and tarot reading, but you're absolutely against the Ouija board? And it's because, in my opinion, the tarot is like you're sitting there at your window and there's a pane of glass between you and whatever is speaking to you and they're just kind of pointing and, you know, pointing at that, pointing at that. Sometimes you can hear them through the pane of glass. But the Ouija board is let me kick my door open and invite whatever I want in. And then I don't know how to mm-hmm. shut my door again. And yeah. I think that's that's the big difference, in my opinion. And I think a lot of other people feel that way. I know you kind of feel that way as well, that it, it's more it's a safer way of like a telephone call rather than inviting random weirdos into your house. Yeah, exactly. I I do. I agree a hundred percent because I'm not going to touch a Ouija board. No, (laughs) but I'll, but I'll mess with the tarot stuff. Uh, And you know, I've got a deck that I'm probably going to get out and play with here now. It's kind of inspired me. Right. There you go. What do you guys think? You know, let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group, you know, get, get in there. Uh, We've got tons and tons of people who who post every single day we've got we have a lot of fun um people come up with personal experiences questions jokes whatever you know you got a great dad joke you can share it in there too absolutely um, but you can you can also find us on instagram and twitter just go and search graveyard tales and you can check out our website which is graveyardpodcast.com and on our website you can listen to the show uh, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise, and you can become a patron. And we always thank everyone that has taken the time to donate to the show. And there's some really cool bonus content in there for you as well. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell 
everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 